academic learning can be applied in the community and really becomes the lifeblood of how communities are are functioning you know if we're not if we aren't active citizens and we haven't learned the tools to be humble in those situations to enter into a true partnership we can't solve problems collaboratively we're solving them from a very kind of one-way direction you're listening to speaking of language a podcast recorded at the language resource center at cornell university Each week, we explore a topic related to language pedagogy and second language acquisition. This week on Speaking of Language. Krista Salit gives us the rundown on the new David M. Einhorn Center for Community Engagement at Cornell and the programming and resources they offer. Welcome to a new episode of Speaking of Language. I'm Angelica Kramer, the director of the Language Resource Center at Cornell University. And I'm Sam Lupowitz, the LRC's media manager. Today, we are joined by Krista Salit. Together with Basil Safi, Krista leads Cornell's new David M. Einhorn Center for Community Engagement. Welcome to Speaking of Language, Krista. Welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. The Einhorn Center launched in July of last year and integrated Cornell's Office of Engagement Initiatives and the Public Service Center. The LRC has collaborated with OEI and the PSC on various initiatives in the past, and it's always been so wonderful to work with everybody. We do, at this point, want to give a quick shout-out to the Language Expansion Program and the Translator-Interpreter Program. Whoop, whoop! Um, We also want to thank OEI again for supporting our inaugural World Languages Day, which took place in 2019, which seems like 500 years ago. But for all our listeners out there, save the date for this year's event on October 2222. So, Krista, you are one of the um, leaders of the new Einhorn Center. Can you talk to us a little bit more about what led to the integration of these two units? Sure. So, um, back last summer, um, I, I suppose actually a little bit before last summer, uh, we began to think about the possibility of integrating these two units. We were already co-located in Kennedy Hall on the third floor in what was called the engaged hub space. So there were, um, at the time, eight different units, um, co located in the hub, Um, all of those units have a community-engaged focus. The Office of Engagement Initiatives and the Public Service Center were the two largest um, members of that grouping Mm -hmm. and had, the, I would say, the widest spread of um, touch points to community-engaged work across campus. Um, The Office of Engagement Initiatives primarily supported faculty Um, and curricular development of community-engaged work. And the Public Service Center um, in Student and Campus Life focused in the co-curricular space Mm -hmm. and um, helping students to get engaged outside of the classroom with their community. And so bridging those two things and bringing them together, recognizing that students don't separate those experiences, Mm -hmm. uh, made a lot of sense in order for us to think Um, cohesively about a student's experience in the community and also a community partner's experience with our community. Um, Oftentimes, we were finding that one community partner might be reached out to by three or four different, even members of our office at different points. Mm -hmm. And um, this made a lot of sense to create some streamlining for 
both our students and our community partners and faculty to be able to have a more thoughtful and meaningful experience um, working together in partnership. Nice. And what is your role specifically in the Einhorn Center? Sure. So I'm the deputy executive director. And um, as the former public service center director, I oversee much of the same work that was part of my um, role at the public service center. So I still oversee all the co-curricular programming, um, the student programs, the community work study program. And we have um, three grants, two federal grants and one New York state grant that are focused on supporting high promise um, young people, grades 7 through 12, in our local community, both in Ithaca and in the rural school districts, to um, kind of reach for and aspire to go to college and be successful in college, and we support them in the process. Nice. So what is the center's new mission? I mean, you you merged two different units with two distinct missions, right? One more faculty-centered and one more student-centered. So how were you able to merge this into one new mission? Yeah, I, the mission really in actuality hasn't changed that much, um, but we, we're taking a, a kind of yes-and approach to it. Um, so the mission always was to engage students in community-engaged experiences, and that continues to be the case both from the academic and co-curricular side, and now we're able to, to kind of knit those two together and think about how, how those two pieces can be collaborative in terms of programming within the center as well and build to greater outcomes as a result of that. Um, we're already seeing some early um, opportunities for that to happen, particularly in the K-12 space. We've launched a K-12 mm. initiative um, that's really bringing together lots of different um, entities and uh, colleagues across campus that have programs that work in the local schools or even um, nationally in schools as well, to think about what resources we can share amongst ourselves um, and how we can really make um, create a strategy that allows for uh, larger impact in the school districts and also for our students, provide more opportunities for students to engage with young people um, in intentional ways and, and be more streamlined in the approach to that. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, you just mentioned some programs and resources. Um, can you talk a little more generally or, or more specifically about programming that Center offers, especially related to global initiatives? Sure. So um, we have a number of uh, student-facing programs, obviously, um, that touch uh, global initiatives. Um, most of our programs in the student space are student-led programming. Um, so as Angelica mentioned earlier, um, the language expansion program and the translator interpreter program are two of our large programs within the center that do that, um, that work and uh, really focus on giving students an opportunity to apply a kind of global lens to local community um, support in different ways. Um, we also have, uh, we're rolling out an engaged college initiative. Hmm. Um, so each college will potentially eventually be an, an engaged college where there are 
community-engaged courses that are embedded in the curriculum and are a flagship of each of the colleges. Right now, we have four colleges that have signed on to that initiative. Nice. Um, we also have um, a partnership with Vin University in Vietnam that um, is meant to create a community-engaged um collaboration between students, almost a kind of virtual exchange between students. And eventually, I think once we're out past COVID, perhaps there will be a, a, an actual exchange between mm. students that's really focused on understanding um, community engagement in different contexts, um, both in the U.S. and internationally, um, and kind of developing some best practices for what that sort of collaboration might look like. Um, and we're also at the kind of very early stages of potentially being part of one of the global hubs as well. Mm, mm-hmm. Can you talk a bit more about ways for faculty members to get involved? Um, and also, is there a role and what role would that be for the community at large? So beyond our campus community? Um, sure. So faculty, uh, we work with faculty very Uh, regularly to support them in thinking about developing a community-engaged course, um, sometimes iterating a community-engaged course. Um, We provide funding for faculty to um, redesign courses, to um, have resources to, uh, you know, create, uh, manage the logistics that are involved Mm -hmm. in community-engaged learning. Sometimes it's a little bit more resource and time-intensive than a traditional course. Um, And so we provide a lot of that resource and support. We have two staff members who are dedicated to working directly with faculty to support their work. Um, We also have one one staff member who works uh, with research, community-based research, Um, And so faculty that are interested in taking a community-based approach to their research agenda, um, we are prepared to support that work as well. In terms of partnering, we -hmm. work with community partners all the time. That's kind of the main focus for our work. So we always have community partners that are coming to us to um, sometimes request volunteers, to think about a a problem that they're facing that we might be able to provide some support and resource to. Um, And we we work really tirelessly to sustain those relationships over the long term. I think the Translator Interpreter Program is a perfect Mm -hmm. example of Mm -hmm. that, where we have partnered with virtually every human service organization within the the Ithaca and surrounding area. And our goal is always to maintain those partnerships over the long term so that we're providing the the programmatic support for emergency response and translator services in emergency response situations. And they can depend on us to do Mm -hmm. that. Um, and, And recognize that we're providing that resource at a very high level. Yeah, yeah, it, it's an amazing, it's an amazing program. I have been so impressed with the student eboard. Um, it's yeah, it's it's I'm fantastic. Glad to hear that. So, why is community engagement important in general, but also for a university and its students in particular? Yeah, I think um, an academic um, endeavor is is wonderful and, and important in the critical thought process, but being able to apply those lessons mm-hmm. in a community 
and recognize once you leave the college campus what the, the academic learning um, you attain on a community on a campus um, can be applied in the community yeah. and really becomes the lifeblood of how communities are are functioning you know if we're not if we aren't active citizens and we haven't learned the tools to be humble in those situations to learn from community to understand the true problems and not the kind of theoretical problems um, but how to engage with another across difference and how to understand um, how to enter into a true partnership um, we can't solve problems collaboratively we're solving them from a very kind of one-way direction. And so I think this work is important for students, particularly students who are going to leave these institutions and be leaders in their Mm -hmm. communities, be leaders in their organizations, um, be leaders as professional um, members of different high-level organizations, to be able to bring a lens of Um, active citizenry and um, cultural understanding and community understanding to that, I think, helps to improve our communities overall. Where can our listeners find out more about the Einhorn Center and all the wonderful things that are happening? Sure. So we we are in the process of knitting together two different websites, (laughs) part of a merger. Um, So currently we have a kind of splash page Um, that's einhorn.cornell.edu that will welcome you into then two different pages that still represent our original organizations. And we're in the midst of a website redesign, but that einhorn.cornell.edu will get you there and will eventually be the full build out page as well. Great. Well, this has been great, Krista. Before we sign off, we'd like to ask you to share a word in a language you speak, love, are learning, or want to learn that makes you laugh. What is that word? Sure, thanks. I have been thinking about this for a while. Um, (laughs) My family, so my husband um, is a, um, his family is from Syria, and um, we, his parents speak Arabic at home, And my kids pick up random uh, phrases and words in Arabic, but don't always have context for those. Um, And so my my, um, father-in-law grew up in a small village in Syria, and um, he speaks kind of colloquial Arabic. And one of the phrases that he uses all the time is ibashum. And ibashum means, at least to him, um, shame on you. And so my kids have picked that up. And every time we spend time with my in-laws, you know, they do something that they think is funny. And my kids will say, I have a shoom, jiddo. <laughs> when they were really little, it was super hilarious that they would be telling their grandpa that. And now that they're older, they still pull it every now and then. And it's always I like cute. It. That's awesome. Great. Thank you so much for speaking of language with us today, Krista. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Next week, we will hear from Morton Christensen, cognitive scientist and the William R. Keenan Jr. Professor of Psychology at Cornell and co-author of the book, The Language Game, How Improvisation Created Language and Changed the World. Until then... Auf Wiederhören! The Language Resource Center is located on the ground floor of Stimson Hall on Cornell's main campus in Ithaca, New York. 
check us out on the web at lrc.cornell.edu. Or follow Cornell LRC on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Speaking of Language is produced by Angelica Kramer and Sam Lupowitz. Recorded by Sam Lupowitz. Original music by Sam Lupowitz, Dan Gable, and Joe Gibson. Thanks also to the College of Arts and Sciences at Cornell University. As a reminder, the ideas and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of the College of Arts and Sciences or any other official entity of Cornell University. We thank our listeners, and do stay tuned for our next episode.